Welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of At Home, the podcast. There are only three of us sitting around the table today, Angie Brenneman, Dustin Eby, and myself, Brant Nine. Pastor Chris Knight has a number of meetings over the next couple of weeks, so in his absence, we'll continue to press on. Our topic today really surrounds the idea of embracing the future, the power of leaving the past behind. We are calling this episode Windshields and Review Mirrors. And Angie, actually, we got to do a camp this summer uh, together, a uh, teen camp, a prayer camp here uh, in Goshen. Is that where it's considered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goshen. Um, and you you taught on this topic for one of our TOG times. Yeah. Well, the whole idea here is if you've listened to our previous episode, we have, we're going to kind of hit three big um, start of the new year episodes that kind of go into how do we how do we walk into 24 with a new perspective? And so with that, we are kind of looking at the journey that we're on. Life's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And so we went and last week uh, we talked about drivers and passengers. And so we talked a little bit about what that means and what that looks like. So this week it's windshield and rear view mirrors. So it mm. still relates to the driving like concept the car analogies <laughs> yes but i think um even as dustin sits around here this has been around for a little while habitudes right dustin how long ago did you um were you introduced to habitudes it has yeah uh middle school is when we went through it we went through the book and i remember the pictures well yeah i i really enjoyed going through through the books and learning about leadership just through images that really spoke to me and that was a way that i was able to learn being a visual learner for sure. So it is a little um, exciting because it has been updated. And if you are a listener and you have the Right Now Media app, you can just put in your Right Now Media, the word Habitude, and you will see all about 11 books that are on different types of Habitudes. So this one that's covering is the first one in Habitudes for the Journey, which uh, is Windshield and Rearview Mirror. So it's pretty much what it means is looking ahead instead of gazing and, you know, staying in the past. We need mm. to gaze at the past. We need to use the past as a reference, but it isn't what drives us right. forward. Right. So we look at the past as something that often acts as a shadow. It influences our present actions and it shapes our future. So we're going to start by just posing a simple question, and that is, how has your past shaped who you are today? So Dustin, past You've got, you, we talked about it last week. You were, you had a birthday the last podcast. I did. I did. I'm feeling it too. Feeling it. Stairs have become a new challenge in my <laughs> life. Don't, yeah. Just, yeah. My exercise has become getting up and sitting down. That's my one sit up a day I do. So, oh. so <laughs> right. No, I, you know, really for me, I would say that my past is, is interesting because the way that I kind of ended up, especially just in this seat today, I, grew up, you know, having great Christian parents, grew up in the church, you know, always going to church and getting involved in youth group at, you know, 14, 15, and then really kind of just falling in love with this idea that like, this could be something that I actually got to do for a job, which was something I never really thought of before, but then ended up going to school for youth ministry and then starting out, you know, in ministry uh, as a youth pastor. And that was something that, that I enjoyed, you know, for a number of years. And that was, that was great. I learned, I think, through youth ministry, some of my greatest passions, some of the some of my giftings, some of the areas definitely where I am maybe not as gifted as I thought that I was, but really just this, this love for people and this love for stories and this love for seeing people find their spot and finding where they belong um, inside the the church, the body of believers. And that's kind of what I get to do here at Walkie. And that's, that's what I really, really enjoy. And so it's, that's kind of what's helped bring me here. Hmm. 
Well, when I think of past, um, I just have a few more years. The stairs do hurt. My knees hurt sometimes too, like you say, Dustin. So <laughs> not when you play pickleball. That's right, That's pickleball right. athletics. Well, yeah, and athletics has always been a part of my life. So I um, continue to think about how that impacts me today, and how um, I'm a mother of kids who are. Um, athletes. And so the girls and I have a pretty cool bond um, together. And so that's really been one of my biggest probably parenting impacts is the past has impacted how I parent the girls with my coaching and my, you know, participating as an athlete, but also knowing that I'm never going to tell them what to do in the water. That's their coach's job because I've been in that position. And so there's just a really happy medium there that I think as a family, um, we've really um, been able to achieve. But I would have to say the word that comes to mind most besides that in past is the word seasons. Mm. And I say this word because I think oftentimes we get going on this, what we call the road of life, you know, and we're, we're going, we are looking through this, you know, future and what's ahead. And then, you know, we're glancing at, oh, we get, we got to do that. That was a pretty awesome. And then you ought to, all of a sudden you realize that this season doesn't look like the last season that you yeah. were in. And I say this is that, you know, yes, it ties to athletics. We run seasons because even your team, you know, transpires and different players in the game when your coach comes Mm -hmm. um, and makes each season different and has, you know, different um, opportunities there. But I think in life for me, I think what has impacted me most in learning to adapt to seasons is Mm -hmm. that you start a new scorecard each season. Yeah. Like holding on to what you did in the past doesn't necessarily apply to what you're given today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what doesn't even matter with like not only in job, but parenting in relationships and all of those things that sometimes we are our hardest critics and I have to learn in the season that I'm in. I can bring things in from the past season yeah. that I've learned, but I also have to give myself a little bit of grace to say, okay, let's start a new scorecard scorecard. I maybe have to learn this in this season. I may have to be adaptive in this and Mm -hmm. I may have to forgive this and give a little grace here. And Hey, maybe I can use this part. And so I say that, um, that that's probably one of the biggest things is that, um, it makes you adapt, learn and, and appreciate the seasons in life. Yeah, that's good. That's good perspective. Yeah. Speaking of adaptability, that's kind of become my word for life. So as a kid, we moved over 10 times uh, between uh, the ages of three to 18. Uh, My parents were divorced when I was in early elementary. Um, Obviously had to adapt not only to our settings, but just different lifestyle. Um, I yearned for mentors and teachers, and I had many, and I adapted to to their teachings and their leadings. and then I became a mentor and a, and a teacher and had to learn how to do that well. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, I feel like I've become a lifelong learner who loves to solve problems and collaborate with others. And so um, I feel like my personality and, and what I do in ministry and who I am as a husband and as a father um, all kind of goes back to that word of adaptability. And, and, and I think that's a positive thing. I really do. Um, so yeah, so looking at review mirrors and, and thinking about that, and Angie alluded to some of this already, review mirrors are good to glance at, but not to gaze at. Mm. What does that mean to you? I don't know, Dustin. Do you ever feel like sometimes you like to look back and you like to say, oh, that was awesome. Like when you were in high school and you were you know playing a sport and you're like, do you remember that moment in time? 
Right. The, the, the good ones were very few uh, <laughs> of me in athletics. But yes, there are there were a few moments for sure, like looking back where it is like, man, what a what a time to be alive. Like those were those were really, really fun. And I, I mean, I know some people, high school, middle school, those were not fun memories. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I I loved it. I mean, I did. I had a great group of friends that, that I got to be around and just, yeah, a lot of a lot of cool things to be able to look back on and be like, man, yeah, I, I definitely miss some of that stuff. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, like this past weekend, uh, Grace drove home on Saturday afternoon and Katie was here and Cole was here. and You know, it was snowing and it was cold. So we all had dinner together. And one of our favorite things is when we sit around the dinner table and start sharing stories of childhood memories, you know, of the kids. And most of it's me and Dan's mistakes that they like to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I say this is that the rear view mirrors teach us a lot about what has happened. And then all of a sudden you realize like, I made a mistake there mm. <laughs> and I could have changed and I could have done better. And so I just say that because, um, sometimes rear view mirrors to me means that helps me learn. So I know where not to go. Yeah. <laughs> like if what mistakes I've made, yeah. but also it, I can look at it and I can see blessings in it and say, you know, that's awesome. That really helped me learn this or it really helped me um, go this direction instead of the other direction. And so the last one I was going to point out is sometimes when we look at rear mirrors and think back to our past is sometimes we can get a little cynical, a little, um, I don't know, what's the word, judgmental. Sure. Instead of looking forward to seeing what's ahead, you know, and holding on to positivity and, you know, hope, you know, because sometimes when we get stuck in the past, we do get, it's like it takes us down. You know, you ever feel that where you're sitting there like, oh, it's not living water. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to get better. But yet when you look forward and you're like, it can get better. That's what hope is. It's, it's something that's bigger than yourself. That's out in front of you. And so I think sometimes we, we, we need to get ourselves looking forward instead of sitting in that. Agree. I think a big part of it too, though, is we were, this wasn't that long ago. We're big into the the Disney movie game right now with, with our kiddos being three, five and eight, but Mm. Lion King was on. And I think a very underrated quote in that movie is by the monkey. Yes. Rafiki. Yes. When you're talking about your past he says you can either run from it or you can learn from it Mm. and so i think it's it is good to not be gazing in our past Mm -hmm. and just be living there when we do have a future ahead of us but i think it is important that if we're not learning from our past like the good and the bad then i think that's gonna i don't know i think that's just as hurtful as anything else so i think it's important to remember and to learn and to grow in those areas that we know that we can grow in Mm. brant would you say this kind of ties to the whole idea of Dreams and memories. Yeah, yeah. Tim Elmore actually has a quote, and it says, when our dreams are bigger than our memories, we gain energy from the hope that lies ahead. And, and there's so much wisdom in that, right? When, we, when we're, we're gazing at, you know, where God wants us to go and the things that, um, you know, we, we, we have set before us, instead of gazing behind us and trying to hold on to those things, um, he can use us and mighty ways. Um, one thing I was going to say real quick, Dustin, you mentioned Rafiki. When I was teaching, um, one quote I would always use with my students is I had a stick I would carry around and I would pretend like, Hey, if you disobey me, the stick could be used, you know, and obviously it was a joke. The parents knew about it. They thought it was hilarious too. Anyway, it was a, it was a yardstick. And, 
we'd always we I'd always reference when Rafiki would hit Simba over the head mm-hmm. and Simba would go, Ow, that hurt. And he goes, uh, oh no. He goes, What'd you do that for? And he goes, It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> and he goes, Well, it hurt. And Rafiki goes, ah, yes, the past does hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I just, that brought back a memory. And actually, you know, I wrote some things down, but actually my Spot review. Spot on voice, by the way. For yeah, I think I practice in the mirror. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, my review mirror right now is teaching. Mm-hmm. And I did it for almost a decade, coaching. Um, about knocked my headphones off there. Coaching, did that for about a decade too. You know, Angie can relate to that. Like there's so much about that season of life that I want to hang on to. I want to hang on to uh, the kids and inspiring them and singing with them and motivating them. I want to hang on to coaching successful teams, whether we win on the court or we don't, but at the end of the year, knowing it was a successful season, I want to hang on to those things. But at the end of the day, as, as Francie and I prayerfully considered where God wanted us to go, that did need to be a review mirror as we, we headed towards the windshield. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, okay, so I'm going to take this just one step further is that I think we hold on to those things because in our society, it's a little scary to dream. Mm. Like, I'm not sure. Like we, like uh, your you, your kids play imagination games, right? They dream. They dr- sure. do. They yeah. dress up. Do they? they? Do. Yeah, mm. and they play like they're like superheroes mm-hmm. or a Cinderella. I mean, right. I can't imagine so many have... swords. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so but that that's kind of like a safe way. Mm-hmm. But what about to dream for things that take a lot of work mm-hmm. and a lot of anticipation and a lot of like I don't even know if I'm going to get there. Like, I don't think we teach ourselves well how to dream Mm. because I think that part there brings into perspective what the steps have to happen to get to that dream. Right. And so we sit back and we can talk about memories all day long because they're fun and they're like something we've experienced and we have emotions tied to it. Dreams bring a little bit of hesitancy, a little bit of fear because I'm not sure I could actually get to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be really honest. This is probably season that I'm in right now with a grace. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know if many of you guys listened to one of our other episodes, but she was here and she's swimming and she has five months to achieve a dream. Mm. And that dream is to make it to Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, I mean, you know. I got her autograph. <laughs> that, that's my dream too. You're ahead of the game. <laughs> but yeah, so I say this, dream. it's a huge dream. Mm-hmm. It's so big that sometimes I'm like, what if she doesn't get it? As yeah. a parent, yeah. I'm like, I'm in this like catch 22. Do I tell her, hey, it's really okay if you don't get it. Yeah. But I'm, but as a parent, I want to be like, no, I 100% believe that you can do this. And I'm trying to do everything possible to, to give her the foundation, I guess you could say, in my words and my prayers and my hope for what she can do. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the same with Katie, you know, do I stop her from dreaming to go to, you know, wherever she wants to go to college and swim? No, I, I like, I think we have to teach, you know, Cole, I have to teach him how to dream, how to, how mm-hmm. to build something that can actually, um, go and make progress and do something that's bigger than him, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I mm-hmm. think we, we hold back because it's scary. Yeah. It's so scary to let our kids dream because they could fail. Yeah. An innovative mindset is scary. Doing mm-hmm. something 
against the grain or that's not normal or not common for, you know, Mm -hmm. in Grace and Katie's situation or with Cole, you know, what's, what's the next generation of the farm look like? Oh yeah, totally. You know, a hundred percent. It's the fear of failure, but it's the fear of the unknown too. I think, which is causes a lot of fears. Like we, we don't know what lies ahead. We think we do. We can plan for it. We can try to have everything charted out the way that we think that it all should go. But then one thing changes the whole course of, you know, where we're going. And that, that is scary, you know? And so I think a lot of people are afraid to dream because they, they can't guarantee what it's, the future is going to hold. And they just, mm-hmm. the unknown is a scary thing for some people. Well, I do think this ties to our Christian walk a little bit, even to, and that we can't even understand eternity. We can't, there's no way that, you know, eternity can be grasped by us as human beings, but it goes with the process of trusting who has redeemed our eternity and going forward. And so he gives us steps just like we can have steps in our, you know, life to make those dreams happen. God gives us steps to, to see what the end goal is and that it is bigger than what we can understand. It is a little scary, you know, it's a little unknown, but at all ties to, you know, what, what, um, ways can we take these dreams, these memories and pull them together, Brant? Yeah, I, I mean, I was just going to segue to this next part. Maybe that's what you were alluding to, Angie. But carrying past mistakes, regrets, mm-hmm. or failures can weigh heavy on our shoulders, hindering our spiritual growth. And so the question I have here is, are there settings or circumstances that cause you to wallow in, in your past? And, and Angie, you had something you wanted to add on there, too. Well, I do think that it's people as well. It's not just settings and circumstances but people sometimes hold us back. Would you agree, Dustin? Yeah, no, I definitely think that's true. I mean, I, I don't know how I was going to try to get this story in somewhere, and I think this is probably the best place to put it. But yeah, I when thinking about just this idea of carrying past mistakes or regrets or failures, not necessarily your own, but maybe even of those that you know, um, I met a guy when I was on a mission trip in Africa who had just had a horrible experience as a part of the Rwandan genocide. He lost his entire family. And now he is there and he is giving tours of the place where his whole family was killed. And it just, I remember having a conversation with him and through obviously through a translator asking him why you would want to be at the place where you saw like your family killed. That just didn't make any sense to me. And he said like, you know, we all, because he showed me the scars on his arms and he said, we can look at our scars one of two ways. We can look at our scars as a time that we've been hurt or a time that we've been healed. And I believe that now that I've been healed and I use this to help other people. And so that was just one of the most powerful Mm -hmm. things that anybody's ever said to me directly about moving on and to a, a perspective, truly choosing to have a different perspective from past to future. Mm-hmm. So one of the words when you um, asked this question, Brant, that came to me is the word renew. Mm. And throughout the New Testament, how many times do we hear the name, at what Paul calls renewing our minds? Mm-hmm. Because I think let, letting go of something means you have to replace it with something new. And so renew is about the best word I could think of. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking about people, you know, as mm-hmm. you mentioned that. Um, people in certain settings in our community cause me to just stare at the review mirror and think, what in the Mm -hmm. world was I thinking? Or how could I have acted that way? Or how could I have done those things? And I, 
and I sit in that review mirror and I think about those things and then then the lies from Satan yeah. come, right? Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to be doing this. You you don't deserve to to, you know, experience mm-hmm. any success because you were you were this kind of person mm-hmm. before. But the renewing of my mind happened and now I can't even imagine thinking or doing the things that I had done in the past and God has continued to just renew me over and over and over again as I have stood at his feet, knelt at his feet, and and looked at the direction and, and sought his will for my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to do that on a daily. And that's why we're saying, mm-hmm. like, this isn't just looking at the past and it's not just looking at the future. This is a daily journey. So you're in the car, you're not, you're, you're kind of having this tension. We kind of talked about this tension that has to exist between the past and the future. Well, that tension actually exists in today. Right. And how you, how you frame your mindset, how you frame your actions, how you frame your relationships. What, um, what do you think about that, uh, Dustin? Yeah. I mean, if we, if we live in the past and if we, I was just, as you were talking, I was literally thinking about being in the car and the times that I do look in the rear view mirror. And it is usually when, if I'm being completely honest, it's when I know that I did something wrong. So (laughs) is that guy following me? Right. Well, if if I, if I cut somebody off on it, not necessarily intentionally or maybe intentionally, but I I get in front of a guy maybe that's a little too close. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, shoot. And so I'm looking back to make sure that he's not speeding up or he's, I'm looking back to make sure that he's not upset or whatever, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's very easy to, to do, to let that take my focus off what I should be focused on. And that's what's ahead. So I is, you know, we've hit on it a bunch, but I think the idea of just being so concerned and the word that I think of too is, is not just concerned, but consumed. It really mm-hmm. can yeah. consume us. Mm-hmm. And if we allow what happened in the past to consume us, I truly believe that it hinders what God has for us in the future because it, we, we wrestle with this this tension and this idea of like, well, we, I just want to know, like, I want to know what the end result of my life will look like. But so much of the journey really is the journey. It's not necessarily always about what's going to happen at the very end. It's like, how is God continuing to use each moment, each story, each experience to shape me to who he wants me to be? Preach it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's too, is not only, like, I, I would say I agree with you looking in the rearview mirror and your heart rate just like skyrockets. I yeah. live across the road from the jail, but yeah. they know my car now. So sometimes I have to just be like, <laughs> okay, just breathe. And, and when you say they, you don't mean the yeah, inmates. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the police officers. I'm talking about the police officers know my car. I know everywhere that they set and where they are yeah. waiting for us to, you know, just do yep. something wrong. Right. But when I say this is that how you respond to failure, how, how you respond to what you did wrong, because usually, you know, you do have to admit that what you just did, which is in the past, just like yeah. you said, Rafiki said, well, yeah. that's in the past. It hurts. It doesn't matter. It's you in know? the past. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I think failure has to be a good teacher. It has yeah. to be. Because if you don't learn from those mistakes and if you don't change, I guess that's the other side of it is if you don't change what you're doing, right. you're going to fail again. Yeah. It kind of goes along with the whole Lion King analogy, right? Because Simba did have to realize that he ran away from what you know his what he thought his past was even though it was manipulated to to make him think he did something wrong and he had to change he had to change his course and his direction and and fight for what what he stood for um so yeah just but don't you think though and i just want to throw this don't you think that's actually what discipleship is all about Mm -hmm. 
it's like learning how to change from your mistake because mm-hmm. we are, what are we? We are sinners in need of a savior. And I just right. say this and I throw this out is that discipleship is learning and being more self-aware and learning how to hold on to what God's called us to be and do, but yet looking at what we've made, you know, a mistake of, or what we've done in our sin and admitting it. Yeah. Right. And then changing our course. Right. Yeah. And it's not learning. Learning isn't a single lesson. Learning is a lifetime. And mm-hmm. so I think as, as long as we continue just to understand that, and maybe this is what we're going to be getting into in a second, but it's, we can have an initial reaction to something, but that doesn't have to be how we eventually choose to respond to something. So if we do make a mistake and we try to improve or whatever, you know, get out of that situation and we make it again, some of us, you know, I know from my own experience, I get so frustrated in myself because I'm like, I can't, I can't do this because I keep making the same mistake over and over and over. But the more you go through life and the more you experience and that you have invite people in for accountability, the more that it's like, no, I, I really can choose to do these things differently. Like the way that I initially reacted does not have to be how I'm choosing to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next question we've already, we've already kind of said that we've made some failures in life and I don't know if we want to talk specifically about those failures or not, but the question is how do you naturally respond to adversity or past failures? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I can start that one by saying I, I resort to the Adam approach when, I mean, my default is to want to hide. Um, and maybe not physically, maybe it's just ignore the problem and it'll go away. Um, but that is my, that is my default that I have to intentionally ask Jesus to forgive me for, um, and meet face to face with on a daily basis, because I, I fall short on a daily basis in, in so many areas. And the easy thing for me to do is, is to not address it to not acknowledge it, um, and to hide. And I will say this, if you're married, that is very hard to do. Um, because when you, especially as, as, uh, the man of the house, when you ignore, um, your, your shortcoming with your wife or with your kids, um, you know, your wife tends to let you know, um, that you need to fix this and you need to address this. And, and that is why she is the perfect ally, right? That is why she is your partner to sharpen you in that area. And so anyway, that is, that is my default. Um, but I think acknowledging or at least knowing that that is something that I struggle with, being aware of it has allowed me to, to pray through it in so many mm-hmm. ways. I think this is kind of almost where people, and I want to say get stuck in a pothole, mm-hmm. get derailed, get off course mm-hmm. is failure. Because if you don't face your failures and you admit to your failures, you often what become a victim mentality or you blame somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when you get in this, it is just a downward spiral Mm -hmm. that doesn't go anywhere. And it doesn't lead to hope and, you know, dreams and progress. It actually takes you and and buries you right where you're at. And so then all of a sudden you're, you know, looking through forward and you're like, I don't have hope. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been victimized or I've been, you know, it's this person's fault. And so the, when I say this is that for me, I, um, for a lot of years, I, I dealt with a lot of blame, I guess you could say to Dan, I, I'm going to be really honest. And I can say this is I never, ever intended to be a farm wife ever listener if you know a lot of people look at uh, farm life and they go oh, uh, that's not for me yeah 
I was probably there, you know, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. Yeah. And so with that, um, God did a work on me because of something that, you know, God called us to as a family, but I became in my mind kind of a victim of my husband's job. Like, oh, wait, he's never home. He's, you know what I mean? I'm the one doing all the work or I'm doing this. And, and I only say this is I'm going to quote Dan's words um, from about for the last um when we first got married and when I was really struggling with this, he's like, you know, God, God's going to work on you until you get it right. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's going to happen mm-hmm. until your heart change. It wasn't Dan's fault. It wasn't what, um, was somebody else's reason of doing something, you know, wrong. It was actually me and my own heart. And I say, this is that sometimes the work that has to happen is in me so that mm-hmm. I don't become this person that blames somebody else or a victim of somebody else's decision. It's me. I can only change me. Right. And so, and I think you have alluded to this many a times when you, you know, some of the stuff that we've talked about is we have to stay in our lane. We can't look to somebody else. We can't look to see what they're doing. We have to stay in our lane Mm -hmm. and we have to drive forward and look forward to know that it's me that has to change. It's me. Yeah, that's really good. I, I I would say for myself, my natural tendency, as sinful as it may be, is to be kind of what you were just talking about at the end, the blame shifter, mm-hmm. um, the excuse maker. That's what I am really good at sometimes when I'm caught right, you know, with dealing with my own mistakes face to face. And I heard a guy one time talking about, you know, past mistakes or whatever. And he said, we can we can rent our mistakes or we can own our mistakes. He's like, mm. when you're a renter, you know, it's a lot easier just to not care about it as much, mm-hmm. not deal with it because it's not mine. You know, it's somebody else's problem to deal with. But when we own it officially and we confront it head on as our own, that we were the ones that got ourselves in this mess and that we have to do whatever it takes to get ourselves out, you know, that is when change is made, you know, and, and transformation happens when God works in us, but we are dealing with these things and owning them. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Having a vision for the future provides direction and purpose, guiding your actions in the present. So let me ask you this as, as we uh, begin to wrap up here. Have you set any goals for 2024, uh, personally, job-related, uh, ministry? Have you set any goals? Well, yes. So these guys are laughing because <laughs> Dustin, what's one of your goals? You want to share your goals first sure. before I share mine? It's so funny because I am not normally a resolution maker, goal setter, but this year this is the year. We're this doing is the it. Year. Making some goals. It's yeah. such a big goal too, it's Dustin. Such a, I'm look, so proud listen, of you. Listen, I know they're making fun of me and I don't care. I am not a reader. And so one of my goals was to read six books, not listen to six books on audio, not listen to them at speed times two on my phone, but actually flip pages cover to cover six books that I can get through. That's a book every two months. I think it's doable for somebody who didn't, I don't think read a full book last year. I can do it. So that's one of my goals. Yeah. Six books. You can, you I'm can do it. I'm almost through one. So you can do it. It, Yeah. And Angie's going to read a hundred. No, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> but I also, I also have a different style. Sometimes I don't always read all the words. I'm, I'm going to be honest. You're with a speed that. reader. Yeah. You, I learned that when I was doing my master's cause I had to read so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to um, be totally honest and I think listeners, we can all relate to this. I want to open my phone and not touch my social media. Really? That's like one of the things that I want to be really present in my moments. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is just the other day, 
my kids. It was our conversation on Saturday night around the table. Mom, I tried to call you like three times and you didn't answer your phone. What happens if one of us has an emergency and you don't answer your phone? And I'm just like, but we're so attached to our phones. And yeah. I and I when I say this is that like in the morning when I when I have coffee, sometimes the phone's the easiest in the dark to open. Yeah. But one of the, the habits I want to create is not to open those apps, yeah. to open my Bible app. And listeners, mm-hmm. there's some great stuff that's happening in the Bible yeah, app and cultivating <clears throat> rhythms and Bible study and those kind of things. And you can do that without having to turn, like I'm kind of like, don't want to turn the light on until I'm really like awake with my first cup of coffee. Yeah. So I've really tried to find some good devotions and things inside of that. And Dan and I even do a couple together, but I say that is that's just a plain discipline. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, one of, one of my goals is to just be present, to be where my feet are. Um, and, and not just in, you know, my, my life here in ministry, but to, to be present with my kids and, and my wife. And then another goal that Francie and I have kind of set together is that we just want to pray aloud together more often. Um, we, we've, we've had seasons where we, we do this really well. And then there's seasons when, uh, the boys go down, uh, late and we just want to, I don't know, um, self-indulge in, in entertainment of any kind. Um, Mario Kart as of late. She's really good at it. She beats me all the time. Um, or they wake up too early and it's like, ah, oh, we missed our opportunity there. And so it, we just want to make sure that it's a spiritual discipline that we pray aloud together um, mm-hmm. more often in 2024. So let me ask you this, because, you know, we, we talk about goals, but there's also progress that happens, should happen when you set goals, right? So when it comes to acknowledging and celebrating the progress you make on your journey, do you celebrate progress or do you only celebrate achievements? And in your mind, is there a difference? And this will be the last question we answer because we're about three minutes over right now. Well, I, I want to say yes right away because achievements and progress are two different things. Yeah. Because progress is actually change inside of you, inside of your perspective, inside of your mindset, where achievements kind of are like maybe – well, I did this, you know, if you're on a weight loss journey, I lost this right. much weight. Check. Well, check. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? I ate ice cream last night. Yeah. So take off and take <laughs> off the check mark, you know, minus, <laughs> minus. <laughs> and I only say that is that progress mm. doesn't mean perfection. Right. And that's yeah. where I think those two words almost kind of, it derails the journey. You have to look at progress mm-hmm. and, and not just achievements. Yeah. We're going to have um, my friend on here the next episode of our podcast. His name is Jake Simons. A lot of you know him. Um, and one thing that he and I loved to tell our students and the kids that we coach is we, we would start it by saying practice makes, and then all the kids would inevitably say perfect. perfect. And we would say, no, it doesn't. You can't achieve perfection. And so we would condition them, train them to have the mindset of practice makes permanent and how when your routines and your habits become permanent, they're not always going to be perfect, but you're always striving for progress. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's huge. You're not getting tied to the past, but you're looking right. ahead and going towards right. the future and dreams. Right. Yeah. Angie, can you tell us, uh, tell the listener, uh, where they can connect with us, um, 
with At Home, the podcast. Yes. So we thank you for sticking with us today, and we thank you for being a part of um, our At Home, the podcast. And we, we believe that talking about these things give us opportunity to talk about them at home, at mm-hmm. home with your family, at home with your kids, your spouse, your friends, um, and even at work. And so uh, as you talk and maybe as you think through, hey, I have a question about this, you can email us at home which is home at walkiemc.org. You can mm-hmm. email us. You can find us on the website at walkiemc.org on our at-home page, and you can message us through the website. You mm-hmm. can also find us on Facebook and um, at home, the podcast um, with walkiemc, and there's conversation that you can have there too. So mm-hmm. let us know what you think. Give us a review even on um, how your listening platform and let us know that you're out there. And we appreciate you and uh, listeners being part of this. And mm-hmm. hey, guys, I I think we did okay today. We did okay. We do miss Chris Knight. Miss him. He um, adds a nice voice to this podcast. But for the next couple of weeks, I'm sitting in the number one seat. Yes. QB1. Let's but like go. I said, we have a visitor next week. We're looking forward to we that are. podcast. Yeah. And we'll see you back here. Yep. Hey, in the tapestry of life, the threads of the past are interwoven with the present and the future. While the past contributes to our identity, it should not overshadow the potential for growth and transformation in Christ. By consciously focusing on what lies ahead, releasing the burdens of the past, and embracing the opportunities of the future, we allow God to create a fulfilling and purposeful life journey. As you embark on this path, remember that the power to shape your destiny lies in your hands, and it starts by acknowledging where you're at and fixing your gaze on what's ahead.